Do you want to become a stronger networker? Then maybe the missing ingredient from your recipe is that character precedes collaboration. Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast, where we are giving you the tools to live stronger. Please welcome our guest for today, Mr. Vincent Puglisi, as he unlocks the secret to stronger networking. And with that, I will turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. Welcome, champions, to the Stronger Business Podcast. And I say champions today because we're in Athens, Georgia. And the dogs just won a national championship. So for most of our listeners, we woke up champions Tuesday morning. That's amazing. Champions for this week and next week and for the entire rest of this year, the way I look at it. What do you think? I just, when you said champions, I was like, oh, he's switching it up. He's changing the game. He's going for a stronger intro here, it seems like. (laughs) That's right. But you're right. Yeah, man. Athens, Georgia, and uh, really all of Georgia's happening right now because this is the first time in 41 years ish <laughs> that uh uga has been a champion so and, and let's give credit where credit's due we wouldn't be celebrating as champions right now if it weren't for our guest vincent welcome to the podcast man what's going on guys Let, let's talk about how remotely you were so integral in this championship yeah i didn't realize i was gonna have such a big impact on this i had no idea you know do you want to want me to explain how it happened? Uh, yeah, t- t- let's talk about it. I want to hear the story. I mean, you're like a well, celebrity around here now. Well, I was I was a I was asked to speak at the at the Stronger Business Summit, and I was given these two gifts, and one was a mug, and it was with my face on it, which was just so cool. My kids absolutely love it. And the second one was coffee, and it was was it Jittery Joe's? What was the name of the coffee? That, that's it. it. A little Jittery local, co- or not a little, a big uh, local coffee roaster here and coffee shop called Jittery Joe's. Yeah. So it had the Georgia Bulldogs on it. And I go home and I show the kids and don't even think about it. And I put it in the cabinet. And that was what, two months ago? And no joke, Sunday morning, the day before the championship game, I opened up the cabinet and we were out of coffee, the ones that we had bought from the local coffee shop. And I saw the Jittery Joe's and I was like, wait a second. I was like, oh my goodness. And this was, you know, from you guys, which was such a great gift. But then I'm like, they're playing the championship tomorrow. So I, I took it out. I busted it open. I made coffee that day. And then I was like, this is in honor of those guys. And then I had one the day of the game in honor of you guys. Good luck for, for you guys. And you went and crushed Alabama. And I think that I'm the reason why you guys won. Yeah. I mean, the coffee on the can, it's got a, a picture of Uggo like on it. Attack the day or something. Or get y'all like you got the dog yeah. right there in yeah. your face. Yeah. Oh, so you, yeah. Kicked the, you kicked the week off right. You kicked the championship Monday off right. And then the dogs finished the drill like they have been working to do for 41 years. But I really feel like it started, Vincent, with you and your cup of coffee. Or or it started at the Stronger Business Summit because that was the gift. So maybe we're the reason. Of the national, I think it was. I think it was already determined back in early November. I think when you guys did that, <laughs> it was already set in a place. Yeah. And I have to say though, it's a little hard for me because you guys say Athens champions, and like you guys might not know, or you might know, I went to school in Athens. I went to college in Athens. It was just Athens, Ohio, <laughs> not Athens, Georgia. And there's no championship banners being hung up anywhere for football or any other sport in Athens. So I'm a little bit feeling. Second fiddle on this because I it was so close. <laughs> Athens College, but you guys are the champions, and we're just cold. That's all right, man. You can win by de- like you can win by default, right? All all Athenians are champions 
right now, wherever if it's Athens, Alabama, or Athens, Georgia, we'll still let them we'll claim it. Uh, hey, today though, what are we talking about? We're talking about building a powerful network. We're talking about the wealth of connection, and what we're talking about this too. This Facebook post. This is a great way to get it started because this Absolutely. was man. I was reading this, Vincent. I saw it. It was. I, I thought it was cool. Number one, just that you were promoting us. You know, so here we are. We're members of your network. We didn't ask you to do anything, but it just so you know, casually, you're living your life, and you saw an opportunity to promote. Chad, myself, the summit podcast, what it is that we do. And you did it and did it on social media. Yeah. But the cool thing was this, because I was like, man, so much of what Vincent does and what Vincent teaches is happening right here in this very moment. I saw people comment on that status update on Facebook that you made. And I'm like, these are people I know. They live in Athens, Georgia. They know who you are because you spoke at the Stronger Business Summit. And there was one post in particular, I can't remember who posted it, but they talked about your podcast, your daily podcast, and how much of an inf- or impact it was making in their lives. And I was just thinking, I was like, oh man, this was all about connections and networks. And it's bringing this moment where it's, it's people that you know personally, it's people that we know personally. It's just building the network together. All the little webs are starting to connect with each other. And I thought it was just such a beautiful picture of, again, what you promote and what you teach. And the, thank you. And the word collaboration, which is a big part of this, because so often we see on social, and it's a part of building a network. And so often how we do it wrong, we don't know how to do it, or we're afraid and we don't do it at all. And to look for opportunities to lift up your network. Like, are we doing that enough? Or are we just promoting what we do in a very inauthentic way or a very, you know, menial way where it's just service level? When you see that, you go, how can I lift them up? Like they did a favor for me by inviting me to their to their summit and they gave these gifts and that would have been a very easy thing to overlook right? It's sitting in the corner. There's a mug in my cabinet, but like, Hey, can we put this together? And, and Josh, you made a great point. So I do this post and it's simply like, Oh, cool. What a, what a timely post. They won the championship. Whether I, I post, I thinking maybe three people are going to like it. It's not going to be this thing that everybody's going to jump all over. There might be people that hate it because they don't like whatever it is, but you're going to post it. And then I started seeing the comments. And then Josh, to your point, somebody tells about how much my podcast has impacted them. So I do a post strictly to kind of lift you guys up and bring that whole thing together. And in the meantime, somebody's calling me out and now other people becoming aware of my podcast without me talking about my podcast. And I think if you can do social or networking or connection that way, you get to lift up your network and it brings you up with them. And I think that is so overlooked. So let's talk about something here. You started that conversation around us inviting you to come to be a speaker at the summit and how we done you a favor. And and then in turn, you were were supporting on social. This is what I love about true relationships and friendships and organically how this works. I feel like, and I'm sure Josh, you feel the same way. You provided us a huge favor in coming to be a speaker at the Stronger Business Summit. So when things like this in the community or with relationships happen where you feel like we're doing you a favor and we and we feel like you're doing us a favor, that's like the win all the way around. And, and it just creates yeah. this place of like relationship and harmony and, and sharing and promoting. And really what we're all about is helping each other grow to higher levels of success through promotion, relationships, community, all those things. And as you're saying that, Chad, it's making me think of, again, this is going to be, I believe, the title of a, of a book that Vincent is putting out later this year but called The Wealth of Connection. You're saying, hey, it was good for Vincent. It was good for us. I'm like, 
it created wealth in all of us. Like none of us feel like we got the raw end of the stick. We all feel like, no, this, this collaboration, Vincent, as you put it earlier, it makes us all feel like we're part of something bigger. It's, it's adding value to all of us. It didn't decrease value for any of us. No. Just added value. It added to that wealth. And Vincent, I want to give you a shout out for this too. We just mentioned your podcast, but um, tell us real quick about your podcast, the name, so the listeners can go look at it. Because I'm a daily listener to your podcast as well. It's not the the hour long podcast that Chad and I are doing on Stronger Business. You're giving like shorter shorter podcasts. I can yep. easily you know listen to it on the way to work. I'm, I'm for me probably taking my trash out to the <laughs> end of the road. I could probably listen to your whole podcast. But just real quick. Tell us a little bit about your podcast, the name, and where people yeah. can find you at. It's called Total Life Freedom Podcast. And it's a little different. It's a daily short form show. And I don't do what a lot of podcasts do. I started off, I wanted to be very, very just clean and, and organic and to the point. So there's no intro, there's no outro, there's no music or anything like that. It's it's just five to eight minutes. And let's get right to the point. Let's let's tell a story. Let's get a lesson from that story. And let's learn something and move on with our day. And what we've done this year, which has been really fun, because a downside to it sometimes was I'm a freelancer at heart. So I'm all over the place, right? I'm ADHD entrepreneur. So I'm like, I want to talk about this or that or this. And there was very little organization to it. So I did it for over two years. And it worked. You know, we hit a half a million downloads, everything. But I don't promote it. So there's there, it hit a stride. But I realized there's a lack of organization for the listener. So they don't know what's coming next. And in some ways, that's fun. But after a while, it's like, what are we building on? So what we changed this year was doing themes. So what we do now, which is really fun, is a weekly theme where every episode leads off of the the previous one. So you can learn from it and then bringing on guest experts on that specific topic. So they're individually wrapped like themes that can go on the site that you could always refer back to. Like we did one, the first one was on building a lifestyle business, overcoming imposter syndrome is the next one, all down the line. So if it interests you, you can just, it ties into the next one. So just way more organization and fluidity to that. And to give some uh, promo to your podcast, you have to tell me the, the name of this particular episode I'm going to mention, uh, but I want to mention something about your podcast in general too. The one about Guns and Roses. What was the name of that one? Remember the that name? one? Oh, doing it wrong right from the start. Doing it wrong right from the start. So the so the names of Vincent Pod, Vincent's sounds like uh, my business career. Podcast. I mean, really, in all seriousness, I saw that title and I was like, oh, I want to listen to that one. So the title might not necessarily tell you everything about the episode, but Vincent always tells a story on his podcast. So it's really easy to listen to. He's not just teaching you like a principle. He he teaches you a principle in the form of a story, so you can draw like I can remember it. Right? I'm telling you, hey, the one. What was the name? The one about Guns yeah. and Roses? Because I remember the story in it. Now, one of the great things that you do with your podcast, and again, give you some props from the standpoint of collaboration, connection, uh, building and promoting your network is very often, if you're listening to Vincent's podcast, he will reference and mention just in his daily life, people that he's doing life with or doing business with. So I've listened to Vincent's podcast before and heard my name in it, heard Chad's name in it, because he's just talking about his life, but not just a story of Vincent's life. There's always a lesson being taught in the story. So there's a principle, there's an illustration, but in the process of doing that, you're lifting up your network, you're lifting up your connections. And again, it, in my opinion, creating wealth, it felt good to hear my name on his podcast. He's got a popular podcast. He's telling a great story. And I'm like, Hey, that, I was in that one. I know for I sent Chad a message like, Hey dude, he mentioned us in this podcast. Yeah. And it's just to me, why would we not do that? But I think we get so focused on our own goals right? And, and I, this drives me crazy. And I think the more I'm in the business world, the more I can see it. 
and call me judgmental, whatever it is, I can accept that title because I can be. And I don't mind if you judge me if I'm learning from it. And if you're wrong in judging me, then you're wrong in judging me, whatever. It's not, a, I think so many people get worried about this stuff. I don't worry about it. So I'm, I'm pointing, I'm noticing things that I don't like and I want to do better at. And the whole idea of if, if, why would I not take the stories and the lessons and then bring people in it? And people love hearing their name. When I, I remember Dan Miller has a podcast called 48 Days. He was one of my mentors, huge platform. He worked with Dave Ramsey for years and he mentioned me on his podcast like six years ago. And I was like a seven-year-old, like telling my wife, Dan talked about, and then why not to sit back? Why not sit back and say, why don't I do that for other people more? Right. And then the idea of the story, and I never thought of it this way, but somebody told me this and, and just the concept of storytelling, which I think is something that needs to be lifted up and, and, and talked about more. And somebody said to me, like, you do a great job of disguising the lesson inside of the story. And I never thought of it that way before, but if you can get wrapped up in the story and you're listening to every word, and then at the end of you, like, well, I was entertained, but wait a second, I learned something from that. That is way better to me, at least, than here are the seven steps to financial wealth. Like, just put me to sleep. I'm okay. Here we go. Here's the bullet points. <laughs> this so, is like your podcast is like the modern day version of the Andy Griffith show, <laughs> right? Like there's like a lesson and a moral in every show all captured in the entertainment and humor behind what's going on. And I'm like, that's, that's amazing. It's but this, you, but you, you love the entertainment side and you leave with this like revelation of, Oh my God, I just learned so much during that. And I didn't even know it, but it can't be one or the other. I think if I just go on there and tell stories, it's like, this is not story time. I I'm respecting your time. If I do the stories without a lesson, that's a disservice. If I do the lesson without a story, I think it's kind of boring. So blending those, I think is the key. And that is why I have Josh Melton as my lovely co-host. Because if it was just the Chad Brown Stronger Business Show, it would be terribly boring and there would be no stories. <laughs> well, but what, you, but what you guys just described was collaboration. I don't think it's, I, I think we need to talk about it more because Bob Berg wrote a book called The Go-Giver. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bob, but it's an amazing book. It's an amazing lesson and it's great storytelling. Well, he came on, in our mastermind for a guest call maybe two years ago. And he told the story of this book called something about referrals. I can't the referral network. I have the book, Bob, I love you, but the book was so boring. The book was so boring. It was so detailed. And so there was no, and he realized I'm not getting my point across because I'm very, he's very a certain way in terms of details. Well, he brought in a co-writer who's a storyteller and they collaborated. And now they have one of the biggest books in this industry because that came together, just like you just described with you guys. So let's talk about how our audience gets stronger in this area. You are very strategic with connection and community and communication. And that's a place a lot of successful solopreneurs struggle. They're really good at what they do or the service they're performing. And they want to know how to build better relationships, how to build better connections, friendships inside a business for obviously for the growth and, and value of having those relationships in business, but in the personal life as well. What tips or guidance can you give to help that young entrepreneur just trying to figure out how do I build relationships? How do I do these things? How do I how do I provide value and connect? Hey, yeah. Vincent, I want to throw a caveat to Chad's question here real quick, because I think 
Um, obviously, you can tell stories, you can give tips here, and we and we've heard the cliche like your uh, your net worth, you know, is your network or your network is your net worth. Like these things going together. As you're answering Chad's question and giving tips for things like, hey, here's some ways for you to build your network without, you know, doing it dumb. Yeah. Can you give us some examples too of some ways that you've seen where people have done it in a way where where it's, hey, this isn't effective. This wasn't a good strategy because it is. We know we need to build our network. We know we need to make connections. But man, I see people so often do this pretty poorly, whether yeah. it's because they just don't know how or whether they're they're just too kind of short-sighted and when they're trying to build. But yeah, so as you're answering, give us tips for what we should do, but maybe also give us some examples of maybe what we shouldn't do in yeah. trying to build a powerful network. Well, it, it's something that I've always, I think I've always been in tune with. I didn't have the business skills, but I think I had these skills. So it allowed me to get into places I normally wouldn't get into. And so, but what I learned is I listened to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books and every all these experts would be talking on, they'd talk about their system and they would talk about their expertise. And then somewhere in that line, somewhere in that conversation was a really quick thing of like, well, we all know it's about relationships. And then they skip past and they go back to their lines and everybody did this. And I said, wait a second, this is kind of crazy that everybody knows the key to everything is relationships, but we don't talk about the relationships being the key. We're going to talk about what we're selling or what our you know, our special thing is like, why isn't this the focus? So when you realize this is what the glue that ties everything together, all the other stuff gets easier. And I think when you, so in, like, I talk about the five, five parts of this, which is your character, your curiosity, your connection, then your collaboration, and then your creation. And in the book, I put the creation last. And the reason why is we all know those people that put creation first which mean, meaning I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a business and Hey, everybody support me. And guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares because they don't know if you have character. They don't know if you're generous and not selfish. They don't know if you're curious or they probably know that you're not because you haven't inquired about them. You haven't found out about them. You are just interested in what you're doing. You're interested in your book. And this is going to hurt people when they hear this because they're, many of them are doing it right now as we speak. So if you don't have character and if you don't have curiosity, you're going to have a really, really hard time having good connection. You might have basic connection. You might have two-minute friend type connection, come and go, but you're not going to have deep connection. And if you don't develop that deep connection because of those other two things, there is no way you're going to get any good collaboration. Right. So if you don't have that, the connection leads to collaboration. We wouldn't be doing this, the three of us. We wouldn't have done the conference if we didn't have those other things down. If you saw my character, Josh, Chad, like a year ago or six months ago, and you said, I don't really trust this guy. He's kind of selling me on something or he's kind of whatever those things that we see that we don't like. Is there any chance that you would have said, hey, you want to come speak at our conference and put me out there? You wouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, we honestly had some of those discussions, right? Like some a name as we're evaluating, co coming up with a list of, you know, who are some possible speakers we could bring on to the Stronger Business Summit, and the name would pop up, and one of us would be like, ah, I just don't, I just yeah, don't. There's know. not that trust of truly sharing value and trying to build others as opposed to some sort of selfish gain, and yep. that that that's got to be part of what we do. We we wanted to build. And continue to build a an environment and a summit and a conference that's around sharing and growing, not not what can I get out of this um, for a speaker, for a host, or anything on that level. 
So that's that's the first level, right? A video game character, right? Now you can they they have they didn't advance past that level with you guys yet. They're still speaking on stages or writing books. There's a disconnect. They're going to have some success. They might have charisma. And what I say often is charisma is not character. We've often met people that are very charismatic. They can win you over, but then when you get to know them more, they're dishonest or they won't. We've all, we've all dealt with that stuff. Some of us have been that for a part, period of time in our life and learned better from it. But charisma is not character. So if you have character and you have creation, you're going to get some stuff, but you're, it's never going to totally line up. And eventually it will come down. So just like you said, some people were not invited to your conference and they don't even know why they weren't invited. And the reason is because it's never been known to them that their character is off. And sometimes we have to figure that out before we can come back up. If you don't have the foundation of those two, character and charisma, you will never build a connection. You will never build a collaboration. The point is when you collaborate, now you open up all different worlds. Like there's no way I'm driving into Athens, Georgia and getting anybody to trust me without you two. No, it's not happening. I'm not walking into that building and walking up on stage without the invite from you guys where they trust you. And then people saying, I trust this guy because Chad and Josh put me up on stage, right? That's what collaboration does. Now, if you have creation after that, now it doesn't mean you can't create during it, but when you promote your creation, now come on my podcast. Let me write about you on my blog. Let me have you at the conference. I will open up my world to you because you built trust with me through your character, curiosity, connection, collaboration. And then the world just opens up for you. It's the easiest way to do it, but hardly anybody does it. Why do you think that is, Vincent? Why do you think that people don't follow the, the five steps as you've outlined here? They just try to like Man, go directly to the end. They just, I want to be at five. I want to be, you know, the creation thing. I want to pass my creation on to you. The truth to me, we've been trained to be selfish. I, I, think, I think you're right there. And I think it's that whole like take action, do it now, immediate gratification. I know for me, and, and you, man, you nailed it. I've never heard anybody put this into words or steps this way. This is really, really awesome content. And and when I look back at the summit, I think about there's plenty of speakers that are authors. They had they had books or they they've done some some one awesome piece of this. But for us, when we were communicating uh, around who we're going to select, what mattered more is the somebody that checked all of these boxes uh, mm-hmm. as a person, as a business owner, as a speaker, not just a creation piece. It's not somebody that just has a podcast or just has a book. And I know, I know from my side, I have been working in the tax world and the business financial consulting world for 20 years. And at least 500 people in the last five years have been like, Chad, you need to write a book. Chad, you should write a book. Chad, you're crazy not to write a book. You've got to write a book. This stuff is so good. You've helped me so much. All these different things. And I always, I, I've never had anybody explain it to me, but for me, I was at least smart enough to recognize I'm not ready to write a book. Not that I can't create the content in the book. I don't have these other steps. I haven't made the connections. I haven't put in the time for collaborations. I haven't provided value to other people. And so while while in my profession, I could write a book and it'd be a really helpful book around the content that I'm an expert in, it, nobody would buy it or pick it up or read it because I haven't put in the steps here. But everybody tells me, go to step five. You should go to step five. You should go to step five. Chad, you should be on step five. 
And this is awesome to hear in a little different format, which resonates with what I feel like was the proper steps without knowing it. Well, to your point, I'm not sure if you mean today you shouldn't write the book or years ago you shouldn't write the book. From what I see from you today, from the collaboration and connection you have and what you got, what you did when I when I was in in Athens, I think you've done those things to write the book. I think I'm 501. I think you should write the book. Well, well that's I, I agree, but that's been over the past two years of strategically yeah. trying to get better and connect in these areas um, where for most of my career, it's been a lot different. Uh, the last two years have changed in how we are approaching our brand and who we are yeah. and what we're sharing and, and how we're trying to all grow in a collaboration together. And and it's, yeah, it's, it's really cool now where I do feel like, okay, I have support now. I have people on my team. We have a community. I can write a book now and I have people that can help me write a better book and people that will help support me when I release uh, some yeah, sort of content creation. Which the problem is most people, when they release, they get crickets. They bug yeah, the crap yeah. out of their friends, right? <laughs> they go online, they tell people it's their honor and they're and they're, they've been chosen to leave a review that's inside. Joke, you got to tell that story at least a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, it's, that's it's too hard. good to pass up, man. Tell, tell okay. us the story with the review. Well, I got an email yesterday from somebody I know, and they're releasing a book. And, you know, I'm obviously very in tune to this world of how we go about this. So I'm a little more sensitive maybe than others. And in the email, and I'm not even joking, it said, you've been chosen to leave a review for this book. And then it went on to say how hard the author worked. I'm like, how hard the author worked has nothing to do with any of it. It has nothing to do with it, Right. The quality of the book and how you're helping people and how you connect is what matters. But the amazement to say, I've been chosen to leave a review for the book. Do you know how hard it is to get people to leave a review for a book when they've read the book? And then you're going to tell me, I'm sorry, I get mad about this. You're going to tell me that I haven't even read the book yet. You know, I haven't read the book yet because it's not even released yet, but I've been chosen. It's such bad marketing and such bad optics. And it goes right along this line of what we're talking about. And I checked this morning, and by the way, and there's zero reviews for the book at this moment. So not Vincent, this is crazy you're saying this, but me and Chad were talking right before we came on, and you've been chosen <laughs> to leave a review of our podcast. And it's I just checked. You, got, you guys have been chosen to pay me $10,000 for coaching, so I'm, I hope you're happy about that. <laughs> yes, we won. Oh, the wealth of <laughs> this connection. This is awesome. Yes, yeah, I love it. <laughs> no, it is. It's in today's society of, immediate gratification and take action. Now, when people do that in relationships or, or do that in situations, whether it's reviewing a book or coaching or, or asking to leverage our, uh, our early relationship, there's, it, there's so many wrong ways to do it. And I feel like we see the wrong approach so much more now uh, than we used to that for every one correct approach, there's 10 incorrect yeah. approaches. And Let's I, talk and about I, and him. Go ahead, Vincent. No, I, I to the point of just and I and I say this word and I think it kind of surprises people and I mean it when I say it. I think we've become way more selfish. I yeah. think we've become more selfish and self-involved, and I blame a lot for it. But like people say, like, oh, do you have this journal or that journal? I don't like journals for the most part, at least these entrepreneurial journals, because if you think about it, it's so self-involved that it's ridiculous. What do you want to accomplish? What are your dreams? What are your goals? What are you going to get done? None of it says, who are you helping? Who are you collaborating with? So you can help them. It's all about, so we have all these people that go around blindly 
chasing their goals because that's what the journal told them to do. So now we have a we have these lemmings of everybody just running around blindly, just I need to accomplish my goals. For what reason? It's these selfish goals. So what I talk about in the book is generous goals versus selfish goals. You have both of them. There's nothing wrong with it. Having a nice house by the water, there's nothing wrong with having a goal to do that. It's a selfish goal, but you have to understand that. Then there's generous goals. The problem is most people put their selfish goals above their generous goals, right? But if your generous goals come above your selfish goals, meaning your podcast is we want to inspire a million people with this podcast and we want to give all this content and we want to just help these people. That's a generous goal to help all of your listeners. Now, all the things that you're going to receive from that downloads and money and ticket sales to your conference, those are your selfish goals that you'll get because you achieved your generous goals. And if people get that out of order, they screw everything up. I agree with you on the, on the selfishness thing. And I think that leads to impatience, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm greedy to get to my goal as fast as I possibly can. And so sometimes if we're not careful, that can mess with our character. Yes. So it's like, I'm just, man, cause like you said, if I'm not keeping others, if I'm not holding others in high esteem, if, if I just become like the most important person to walk the planet and mm -hmm. it's all about me getting to my goal, then I'm not connecting with somebody with the idea that I'm helping them move forward. I'm just looking at, all right, how can I utilize and leverage this relationship for me to swing from point A to point B faster? And so I see a lot of that. I think of this particular scenario, Vincent, this is going to be more on like the local connection, like, you know, mm -hmm. your everyday business owner, he's going to the chamber, he's going to a networking event, he's, he's going to meet people because he knows he needs to build his network. And there's some people there that are playing the long game. They know, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in this community or I'm going to be in this business. And so I'm going to go meet people and build connections and we're going to help each other out. And, and that's where you see people that are really good at succeeding relationally. They just realize like, if I can help this guy out, Zig Ziglar, if I can help this guy get what he wants, if I can focus on him first, I'll just yep. get what I want by default. But there's always those people and they come into the game and they're like, hey, my name is such an, I'm, I'm going to use the office as an idea here. Is that off? Oh, your audio is still on, but. My your video froze, but you're. All right, good deal. As long as you can still hear us. Yep. So they walk into the into the the room that they're in and they are using the office as an example here. So it's Jim and he sells paper and he doesn't say, hey, I'm Jim. What's your name? He says, hey, I'm Jim. I work at Dunder Mifflin. Who do you buy your paper from? Mm -hmm. and they're like, Jim, you don't even know my name, but you're already asking me about my paper purchasing, you know, and I, there's a guy that comes to my mind. His name's not Jim, by the way. And he did this. And I, was, I just I, I tried to even like coach him and say, hey, man, like lead with value. Like yes. learn the other person's name, see what it is that, you know, just understand them as a person. And then they might want to give a crap about what it is that you do and what you sell and see if they could use it. It's like, but you're leading with like, you don't even know anything about their situation. Even if they use your product, you're just leading with, a, I'm a, I'm a position at this company instead of like, I'm a human being and you are too. Tell me about yourself. And so we see these people that I think, again, they just get impatient. They get a little selfish. They're trying to achieve their goal too quick. And so they just blow past everything that's the human element of it. Because honestly, all I am at that point to them is a number, right? It's like, I'm either a dollar sign in their bank account or I'm not. And they want to quickly check yeah. me off the box or not. And, and the more you see it, the more you recognize it. And I can tell you the reason why I can, I can say it the way I'm saying it and even be judgmental about it is this was me. I did all these things. 
this is who I like. I am no self-righteous. Like I did all these things. So I, when I see it in others, I feel bad because it's like, you haven't learned. And, and a lot of times the way that we learn is through pain. And the way that we learn is by being called out on it and, and by also seeing the people that do it right. Because I had this moment where it was like, do I want to be the person that just achieves all the things that I want to achieve, but not thought of very well? And then I think of the people that were thought of very well. And it wasn't ever about their goals. It was never even about their achievements. It was about how they made me feel the things that they helped me with and the way they went about it. So I started getting this angst of like, they get praised all the time because of the person they are. I was getting praised for my accomplishments. And when you get praised for your accomplishments, but you don't internally feel good about yourself, there's a disconnect that goes with that. And I think there's a lot of, that's where a lot of imposter syndrome comes from. And, but when you, when you talk what you're talking about, you lead with generosity, you lead with collaboration and you're helping other people. You get the sense of, oh, I feel good that I left your conference and, and hopefully made it better for you guys. Right. So, and, 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 and I know the things are going to eventually come for me that way if that happens. Yeah. So, so you changed. So how, how do our listeners and our audience, if they feel like they need to change, are they generous habits they need to implement? Um, is there something they ask themselves before they ask for something of somebody? What, what do you recommend to help people facilitate that change and to build better relationships? Yeah. Um, that's where the curiosity part comes into it. And I think it's overlooked. I think it's really the quiet warrior in this whole thing. Think about when you go and you meet that person, Josh, that you were just describing. I had one last night at a networking event. Saw the same thing. They're so into their stuff. And we've all been there that I'll tell you about it. I'll explain it to you. But then you leave the conversation and you go, that person didn't ask me one question. <laughs> they didn't ask me one question. They were all into what they were saying. And for the first 10 minutes, I was into what they were saying. But by minute 20, I'm like, I'm kind of bored with your story because I'm feeling kind of a little left out of it. And then you start noticing that. So the curious, asking better questions is such a key to this, or just asking questions. When you ask meaningful and interesting questions, I, I spoke at a conference one time and it was really interesting how it worked. I was the, I was the keynote speaker at the end. And so I, I was there the day early. I like to be at the conference meeting people. I don't want to just come in for my speech. I want to meet everybody. So in between speakers, I went around to the different tables and I said, what are you working on? What are you struggling with? And they just told me, and it was like a half an hour of them talking. And I just listened and I answered and nobody asked me any questions. This went table to table the entire day. So by the time I was ready to go on, I was going to get some water. And I was like, I was starting to doubt myself. I'm like, I think I'm pretty boring. Nobody even has any questions for me. And nobody's going to be interested in what I have to say. And then a woman pulls me to the side and she says, you are the best speaker we've had. I hadn't even spoken yet. I hadn't even spoken yet. And I said, I said, thank you. I said, why? She goes, you're the first speaker that came in and actually talked to us. Every year we have this conference and the speakers either don't talk to us or when they do talk to us, they're telling us all about what they're doing. You sat down and asked us about us. And we're all talking about how that made us feel. And I was like, wow. First of all, just from that perspective of when you ask people questions about them, they just feel really special. And it makes you look better because now you're the one that they're going to talk about because of how you made them feel. The, the, the curiosity side of it, the question side of it, um, I think is, is, is a big one. So in doing that too, Vincent, because there's one thing that I was taught early on in my career. 
and it was like, all right, well, what do you talk to people about? And they're like, all right, use form. And it was uh, family, yeah. occupation, recreation, and then your message, you know. Oh so my it was God, like, that sounds so horrible. Oh, yeah. The structure of conversation. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, you know, you're, well, you're, the whole idea was that, you know, you're, Instead of just doing what that guy did, I mentioned what Jim from Dunder Mifflin did. I should have said Dwight from Dunder Mifflin. I say, no, no, no. You need to get to know the person first so that you can warm them up for your message and say, all right, what do you ask? We ask them questions about their family. Like, oh, do you have any kids? You ask them a question about, all right, what do you do? Because people want to talk about their family. They want to talk about what they do. Well, what do you do for fun, Chad? You're a golfer. You like Georgia games. And then I was like, now you got them lined up with the first three. You got some ammunition. You've learned some things. Now you can deliver your message. Which would be like, well, man, you know, do you guys buy paper at your office? Or do you use your who's your paper guy? The, well, the whole idea. So what I found in this, and Vince, I want to point this out on the curiosity piece of this, is that if you don't have character, those are all just tools that you're utilizing to get to what the thing is that you want, which is like, let me get through family, rec- occupation, recreation, so I can get to my message, man. So get I to the end. Get to the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the genuine interest piece, like curiosity. When you're when you're genuinely curious, you're interested in those answers. It's not just like, let me get through the F, through the O, through the R so I can get to the M. You're like, no, I actually want to know what the F is. Like not for ammunition, but just because this is a human being that, and I'm playing the long game. I'm not like trying to get a a short sell here. I'm like, man, this might be somebody I can benefit or impact. Like we may be able to like collaborate. We may be able to do something together. Let me learn who this person is. Or it, it's, and that's why the form thing makes me cringe as well a little bit because it's like, oh, let's get to my message, right? You, yes. there's this, right? But the whole idea, my mindset, and this is, you know, the mafia story that I gave at, at your conference, right? It was, it was this guy Funzi, and he asked three questions. It was the entire form of our relationship. But the interesting thing was, he asked three questions. He achieved something for me that I really wanted. He opened the door for me that never would have been opened. But what most people don't realize is when you do that, when you genuinely lead with curiosity, you're really interested in solving problems for other people, that leads to what you really want in life often, which is somewhat of a legacy or being remembered. So when I tell that story, that happened in 1987. That was 35 years ago. And there's a phrase that says, a person never dies until you stop saying their name. That's when they really die. Now, if you do this stuff, if, if that guy on that bus, Fundy, would have just said, hey, I don't really care about you or this is what I want today, I wouldn't have thought about him past April 8th, 1987. Wouldn't have thought about him. I make sure that I tell his story whenever it comes up in this name because of the way he went about it. It was strictly curious. Why shouldn't you be at school? What, you know, I was going to a baseball game. You know, do you have a ticket? How much money do you have? And then by the end of it, I walked off and he opened up a door for me. He said, you need to meet this person. When you get there, he connected the unconnected. So when you have these conversations, it's not about form to me. It's about, I want to know who you are because there's somebody that I know that you don't, that if I can bring you two together, it makes your life better. It makes their life better. It makes my entire network better. And guess who gets better by that? Me as well. Because if you guys all go succeed and I'm the one that brought you together, you don't think I'm going to go up with that? And then two years later, another conference, how did you guys meet? Oh, Vincent introduced us. Just by making an introduction and being curious, I keep getting leveled up. It's not about how do I say something to get my message across. Here's what I love about relationships and their their truest form and when it's approached the right way, like you're describing, is by taking the time to be curious, to ask questions, to understand people, to build a friendship. You also recognize my option or my service might not be the best fit for this person. 
And that's when, for me in business, when I encounter somebody that recognizes, hey, what they're selling is not a good fit for me, and they can admit it and understand that, that's when I feel like there is a genuine relationship and somebody with character, and And everything starts to line up. And you trust them more. The beginning Absolutely. Story. The trust factor is immediate, like so much stronger than people I've known for 15 years. Yep. Beginning story of my book is about my auto mechanic in, in Pittsburgh when we lived there and how when we first went there, you know, we brought it to him. It was recommended to us, right? Word of mouth. And then we said, how much do we owe? He goes, oh, it's nothing. He goes, it was just a busted pipe. You don't owe me anything. We're like, no. And he's like, no, I'm not charging you for that. You know, take customer for life. With that, we we as long as we lived there, we and then he he passed away unfortunately. And then we went to his funeral, and everybody was go- it was unbelievable how many people were there to to for Scott Bain and to respect him. And I went there, and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I thought he really only cared about us. He was so personable with us. And then his son said, no, he 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 did care about you, but he cared about everybody. But he did that by being willing to turn down the money on something. Because he knew I could, I, he could have ripped this off for a couple hundred bucks, but he knew I'm not going to do that. The trust that came from that made him not only so much more money, but so much more referrals that we told everybody about. It's just, it, Josh, like you said, it's short game versus long game. Yeah. And you get to do connections like that too. So from the standpoint of obviously this guy had character, uh, he cared, he cared. You probably, I mean, honestly, and you had probably generated some curiosity to why he cared so much. Man, this guy's just awesome. But then you start connecting with others. You're going to tell other people about him. You're promoting this guy. He didn't ask you to. Nope. Um, I love this thing of figuring out, again, asking people questions and, and learning about them it, without having your eyes on you about like what the, the this is, I'm going to close this. I'm gonna, somehow I'm going to make this a benefit for me. It's like, no, no, no. If you just be curious and looking for the benefit of the other, sometimes it does lead to a benefit for you. Sometimes Chad talks to somebody, he's generally curious and he realizes, Hey, they got a problem and I got an easy solution for it. I can offer it mm-hmm. to them and see if it's one they want. Other times he can say like, oh, I, this isn't a guy for me. In fact, I know somebody that is a that Chad could have taken this guy as a client, but as he learned about him, he realized that I'm not the right fit for this guy. And he passed him on to somebody else. He Let connected me- him with somebody else because he realized, because he's being curious, like, you know, you could have counted dollar signs and sold the guy. But you're like, no, nah, this guy's a better fit for this guy. And you connect him with someone. Well, let me jump in for a second and, and give a tip to our audience here that, that I think makes a tremendous difference in being able to do exactly what you're saying, Josh. And I'll talk about this on the financial side uh, with clients and, and people I help guide on the financial fundamentals part of growing a business. Do not ever put yourself in a financial situation in your business where you have to close that deal. Mm-hmm. When the stress and the pressure pushes you outside of your character because financially you have tried to grow too fast, you have borrowed too much money, or you have tried to leverage too much where you have to start jeopardizing those conversations and speeding things up. That's where it all starts to cause significant problems inside of businesses and relationships. And you can you can turn around and destroy 10 years of character and curiosity and reputation by getting yourself in a bad financial spot that's pushing you to, to behave certain ways just for survival. And so I just wanted to jump in real quick. And, and that's from a financial side of what I do. I see so many business owners that try to grow and scale and start spending before they're ready, push them down that road of having to change yeah. that conversation. And it b- buckles up against their character at that point, right? Yeah. Then it's, yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a survival versus character. Yeah. And human nature surviving is the ultimate influence behind everything we're doing. 
That's a great tip. And the problem is you will survive by doing it. You will get short-term sales. You will make money mm-hmm. if you're driven to do it. But what you're not seeing is what you guys are describing is the inner chatter that goes on outside of what you're doing. That is like that person, you know, yeah, they got the sale, but I don't trust them as much. Yeah, And they're not yeah. going to often tell you that. And that's why success people that aren't as successful, they, they, they don't question. They're like, oh, they'll blame it on somebody else. And you want to just be like, you really need to look around and see why this is happening because you're leaving breadcrumbs as to what's going wrong. And what you guys discussed earlier was really interesting. If you have you ever read, um, it's called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Have you ever read that book? I haven't, no. Mm-hmm. Well, he talks about loose ties. And what you talked about was really interesting because the power of loose ties, it's not necessarily the people that you're closest with that are going to give you a referral. Often it's people that are on the fringes, they're loose ties. And that's exactly what you just described. Chad knew that somebody wasn't a good fit for him, but they would be good for somebody else. So then you go and say, okay, no, this is what I do. I'm the best at this. What you're looking for is this. I have this person over here I'm going to refer you to. They're sitting there doing their own business. They don't know this person. as, And by a loose tie, by having the good reputation with you, you were willing to defer them through you to them. And then all of a sudden they got business from it as a loose tie. It all comes back together. So it's interesting, man, as we're talking about this too, and going from, you know, curiosity with and then to connection is that there's two people I know, um, you being one, and then another guy named Kevin Scott. Uh, he was two episodes ago on the podcast. Uh, Kevin spoke for us at the Stronger Business Summit 2020. You spoke in 2021. But because I know both of you guys, and I've as I've grown to know you more through curiosity, I'm learning, oh, okay, you have some shared interest. You're both writing books. You're both speaking a lot. Like, I just feel like, there's an opportunity for you guys to connect because I see a potential collaboration at some point, whether it's just as podcast guest or I don't know what it is, but I felt like there's there's probably something here. There's not any necessarily anything tangible I get from that, right? It's just, no, I think maybe you guys could do something together. I just see where it might fit, but making the connection and then seeing if there's collaboration, but there may be nothing for you guys, right? But we don't know, but it's just that that idea again of the wealth of connection being like, I don't know, man, let me plant some seeds. Maybe this reaps a harvest for these guys. and whatever I ever get anything out of it or, or not, who cares, man? I feel good for if you guys ever did anything, I'm like, Oh, that's pretty awesome, man. Like I got to be a part of that. And there, there's wealth there for me emotionally. There's joy of me not just being self-focused on Josh Melton. It's like, no, I just did something that created at least an opportunity for two totally. other people to do something special. So you, and we, so we do get something the post I did about you guys after I press send, I felt a lot different than if I would have posted a selfie of me saying, Hey guys, look what I did today. Absolutely. Right? I, I felt better knowing, hey, somebody's going to know about your conference. Somebody is going to know about your generosity. Somebody's going to know about your thoughtfulness in terms of the gifts that you guys made. Actually, you know, it wasn't you guys. I know there was, you know, wives in there that were that were that did the work that you guys didn't do. Um, but you know, they're gonna get to see what you guys do and if I get to promote you that way, I feel good about that. And what is what is the harm in doing that? I just, I want this message to just get out more because I think we're going to be happy. Like you said, Josh, we're going to be happier doing it. It's not just about bottom line goals. Me and Chad had this conversation. I don't know if it was probably a year ago, but we were talking about things of this nature and what you're saying. So you promoted us. You didn't, by the way, too, for the listener, Vincent didn't call me and say, hey, Josh, by the way, promoted you on the podcast today. Like he didn't tell me he did it. He just did it. And I stumbled across it because I listened to his podcast. So the thing that's interesting is you mentioned the same thing as I just mentioned. 
we made these connections or we made these promotions. Like we just are looking at our network and saying, Oh, I'm going to lift this guy up today. Yeah. You did it for me, but you also like, you got the benefit of it because you felt great about doing it the same way that any of us, when we do something that's really just like, for whatever reason, if we can do something, that there's nothing in it for us. Like there's not a like immediate win or immediate reward, like a tangible benefit. You're just, I'm doing it because I want to connect these two guys. Cause I think there might be something there. That feeling to me, I'm like, that's the wealth of connection, brother. I feel yeah. good when I do things for other people and it's just for them. The thing that Chad and I were talking about, as I said, man, most of the things that we're going after, like we're, we're trying to make money to buy that feeling. People mm-hmm. they go to all kinds of stuff. They go to events. They, they take pharmaceuticals looking for that feeling that I get when I do something good for others. Like people, that's most of our ambition is geared toward trying to create that emotion and you it's, can get it just by giving it away. It's literally called helper's high. It's literally called, it, it lets endorphins out of your body that happen when you take drugs, when you have sex. It's the same endorphins that, that come out when you help people. It was, it was stunning to read that. So it's called helper's high from that. And the other thing is there are people that'll be listening to be like, this is all great, right? And you feel good doing it, but I still need to get something. Let me tell you what I get even personally from doing that selfishly. I got to do a post where you guys get to be the, the leaders of it and I get to, but at the same time, I in there subtly in the fine print was I spoke at your summit. Now, I got to promote subtly that I'm a speaker without me saying, hey, I'm a speaker. I got to say they got, they invited. So somebody else reading that, I can guarantee you within three or four months, somebody like, well, I didn't know you were speaking. I saw in some post that you were, do you, would you speak at this conference? And I will get a gig from that without saying I'm a speaker, but still saying I'm a speaker. And then like you said, Josh, people in the comments talk about my podcast. So in one post that was not about me, I got to promote my speaking career as well as my podcast. So, so you guys are teaching me so much here and guiding me. And so as I'm looking through these items of, of how you evolve into the connection, collaboration, creation side, we, we talked about character and we talked about curiosity. And, and for me, I'm thinking, all right, so I, I have the character. I, I've, I've built that true, genuine character and relationship. I have the curiosity. Now, when does the connection happen? I'm sitting here, I'm waiting. All right, I've, 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 I have character. I'm approaching this in the genuine right way. I've been curious. I've asked questions. I've went around. Mm-hmm. I've been to the chamber. I've invested in asking about other people's families and doing some interest. And now, like, when does the connection happen? But again, it's not about my connection. It's still about how can I connect Vincent and Kevin, or how Josh can connect uh, Chad and this other person. It's it's how can we still not think about ourselves? How can the connection piece come with us connecting other people, which kind of leads into that collaboration and everybody kind of running in a circle of helpfulness connection, which equals what we all believe in and that you've built community. Yeah. And that that collaboration is really just means we're a community trying to help each other. Yeah. And all try to be better at who we are and what we do. And and so it's kind of the whole thing, the whole thing of like, well, where does the connection come from? It it requires action. It requires taking action. You can have character, you can be curious, but if you don't put yourself out there, you're gonna have limited things. So I force myself every day. I'm not sure if we talked about it last time, but I force myself every day to do what I call the hour of giving, which is I'm not 
worried about what I'm getting from anything. I'm reaching out just to see how people are doing. I'm reaching out to connect people together. I'm listening to podcasts that help me and I'm leaving reviews. I'm leaving reviews on books that I read. Just like we joked about earlier, it's not easy to get people to leave reviews, even if they listen. So I go out of my way. How can I support them? I'll send them a screenshot with the review because I want them to know that they're being supported. When you do that, I was on a podcast yesterday and and Cody said to me, because I just appreciate every once in a while, you just reach out to see how I'm doing. There's no expectation. There's no like, you know, ask at the end. And But that leads to not only him asking me to be on his show, but him now referring me to others. It all comes from that time. And I can tell you the reason why my book took off last time, why the podcast did, was because of the conversations that happened within that hour of giving. Because what would happen is I would ask about them, and then they would say, well, what are you working on? And I'd be like, well, I'm writing a book. They'd be like, oh, that sounds interesting. So would you want to read it? I'll send them a PDF. Those reviews are what took it off. We had 100 reviews in the book before it was really even published, which got people to take notice. That was all from the conversations in the hour of giving without any sales pitch. So, but that required me taking action every day to do that. The connection didn't just happen because most people are so busy that they don't think to do it. So you're saying that Vincent and, and Chad, as you're talking, uh, telling, kind of giving us an insight and you're being vulnerable. You're just like, hey man, this is where I've been mentally in regards to like all this. I've gave, I've gave, all right, I'm ready to get. It's like, no, yeah. Chad, keep giving. Like well, you're missing the point here. I think that's the thing, man, is that there's there's two pieces to it because there's like the activity and then there's the motivation behind it. Mm-hmm. And the if you're in what I, this is what I see in certain people. And again, I think there's just probably like an element of maturity to it when it goes to that form thing we were talking about. Like if you're only doing the form to get to your message, like you just I'm just doing these things because this is what I want, you're still being selfish. But you can use form as the acronym and still roll with it. Like there's nothing wrong with you using say, I'm gonna ask people what their family, their occupation, and what they do for fun, because I just that helps me start conversations. Yeah. If you have a genuine interest in the other person, you're curious, use it. That's fine. The connectivity piece, if you just are connecting because you want to extract value from people, so let me connect so I can get something, then yep. you're going to screw it up. It's it's all about giving the wealth. It's like, how can I give value to other people? So Vincent's doing his hour giving. He's not like counting like, what am I going to receive off this? He knows yep. he's going to receive. That's not the reason you're doing it. You're doing it. The selfish aspect of the reason you're doing it is because it makes you, it gives you the helper's eye. I'm like, hey, by the way, buy that domain name if it hasn't. <laughs> 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 helper's eye. Oh, yeah, say that to the we'll officer. Buy too. it and give it to Vincent. Have you been drinking, sir? No, bro. It's helpers high. I'm helping lots of people today. That's right. No, but it makes me think of Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of my favorites in the emotional bank account. He talks about right. making deposits and withdrawals. He says, like, look, if you just focus on making deposits into other people's emotional bank accounts, you're filling their bucket. He's like, then when you screw up, you know, you're taking a withdrawal, right? He's like, so, but they're you've been such a giver, you've given so much value to them in their lives. They're like, Eh, yeah, Chad's already given me so much. I can forgive him. I view that the same way. It's like, look, if you're focused on people every day, I do a similar thing, Vincent, but mine's not an hour. I'm like, every day I want to connect with one other person. I want to connect them with somebody or something mm-hmm. that will add value to their life. And it's like one, just if I can get one, I typically do more because it feels so good. But like, yeah. I can be intentional about one. But that idea is like, you can at some point come back and ask for something. If I've just provide yeah. value, provide back, he can come and ask us, hey, God, would you guys be willing to, re- to read my my book? We're like, of course, we, you've done so much for us. We would love to do that for you. And also, too, you've built that relationship to where you know if Vincent promotes something or asks for something, we're going to get value out of it. Oh, yeah. It's not just a single transaction of extraction. Uh, like for for us, uh, let's take the Stronger Business Summit, for example. We spent the last 20 years 
building reputation and relationships and giving and helping and serving and working together other people. So we can ask for somebody to be a sponsor or we can ask for somebody to show up because they know Josh and Chad asked me to buy a ticket and show up, but I know based on my 20 years of experience with them, I'm going to get way more than I'm spending. Okay. And, and, and I don't want this to sound at all. Like you don't ask. I ask every day. Yeah. Right? Cause I know if you can create something that helps people, why wouldn't you ask? If somebody in TLF says like, if you had the mm. cure for cancer, would you not promote it? Of course you promote it because you can help people with their cancer. So if you have the cure for their business, if you have the cure for their, their money, their, of course you need to say or ask, and then even asking, like you asking your audience for a review, you know how valuable it is, but you only do that when you've built trust. I think way, way too often we, we were trained to ask before we built trust and good. Which also means you have needed to spend the amount of time necessary yes. to be an expert in what you are selling to know, is it truly going to help the person in front of you? And is it going to be a value to them? So you can ask and you can sell if you are really educated and an expert in what you are selling. Yes. And you, you have the opportunity to be trusted. That's right. Yeah. yeah and you right. built the foundation. That's mm -hmm. right. That's where it all comes it together. It comes down to the foundation. You build a foundation, it could be built on top of it. But what you're talking about earlier, and I really, I, I'd love to tell this story because it really ties into what Josh, what you were saying in terms of, you know, what do you get out of it? And I had a situation when I was just starting out in my photography career and I was working at a photo lab and I was trying to build, I was trying to become a photographer. I had no money. I had no connections. And a guy came in, I went to high school with his son and he was a big time lawyer in, in the town that we lived in. And he was interested. He asked questions. And he said, what are you working on? I said, I'm trying to become a photographer. And I told him what I was doing, but I was literally just buying tickets to games. I had no, no access. And he said, well, why don't you put together a portfolio? And this is what he said. My friend is, is Shelly Finkel. He's, he was literally the manager for Mike Tyson at the time. This is mid nineties. And he goes, he knows people at Sports Illustrated. If you put together a portfolio, I will have him bring it over. I'm like, are you kidding me? This like the door just opened up scrambled, put together a portfolio, gave it to him. He brought it to Shelly Finkel. I had a phone call with him and he brought it to Sports Illustrated, which is the dream job in 1995. Like it's not anymore, but at that point it was the be all end all. Well, three weeks later, he comes back with my portfolio and he goes, they said, you know, you show promise, but you're, you're a beginner. Like they don't have a spot that they can help you out with. And I was like, and I got all down and I, and he was leaving. And I, and I, I mumbled under my breath. I said, I'm such a loser. And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm working in a photo lab. Like I'm a loser for working here. And he said something that changed my life. He said, he said, you're not a loser for working here. He goes, and he stopped. He goes, but if you're working here in five years, you're a loser. Hmm. And I was like, I quit the job three weeks later. Cause I was like, I can't be here in five years. Literally had an internship with the national hockey league six months later, which started my entire career. Well, I never got to say anything to him. So it wasn't until last year that I said, I didn't thank him for what he did. He literally changed the course of my life. I contacted his son who eventually got, gave me his number because he realized, yeah, that sounds like him when I told him the story. Called him up. His name's Fred Klein. He had a house in Key West. And I called him up. I told him the entire story. And his story was so similar to mine in terms of not being believed in high school, not being supported. And so he always wants to help people like me. And eventually he was like, we are soulmates here. Anything I could do to help you? And he said to me, he goes, I never expect anything. My mom told me always, it's better to give than receive. She had a saying with it. He goes, but what I call this is psychic karma. I, you know, he calls it psychic compensation, he called it. 
So I know I might never receive money. I might never receive a thank you. I might not receive anything. But if I do good out there in the world is psychic karma that's always with me. And so even when you don't receive anything and you do good, you get psychic karma. And I was like, writing that in the book. And I'm living with that one. It was so great. And that, my friends, is the wealth of connection. I mean, that, that is it right there. That giving aspect, walking away. And then years later, decades later, it 26 comes back. years. 26 I mean, years. That is absolutely How much amazing. did that guy smile that day and that week? Like, I can't imagine like the, the smile and the joy oh, yeah. that he felt and received from your phone call. Just put yourself in his shoes for a moment. You're sitting there. You've lived a great life. Financially, you've done well. And you receive a phone call from somebody that you did a good deed for them 26 years earlier that you don't even remember, but you changed their life. And because of what you did, they went on to shoot the Super Bowl and the World Series and get flown out to Arizona to photograph Muhammad Ali's birthday. When I told him all this stuff, it might not have happened if he didn't say that to me. And he never knew that anything came from it. So that's the psychic karma that comes on. So I, I just, I'm so appreciative of that. Man, that is awesome. Absolutely amazing. Well, we are out of time. I love this, by the way. I love when we're in an episode, Vincent. Me and Chad, we were like, we want to keep going. But we're like, oh, we're also trying to squeeze out and like make it a time where you're controlling the time of the whole thing. But people can find you at totallifefreedom.com. They can find the podcast, Total Life Freedom Podcast. Listen to it. I'm telling you, it's what, five to seven minutes roughly every single day. Amazing yep. stories, amazing principles. You'll hear stories just like the one you just heard and you won't forget it. So Vincent Buglisi, thanks so much, brother, for being on the Stronger Business Podcast. Thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. If you enjoyed this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast, then leave us a review and share it with a friend. You can find us online at strongerbusiness.com or check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Stronger Business. We look forward to hearing from you and have a great 2022.